I'm Monica Olson. And I'm Jennifer Walsh. And you're listening to the Biophilic Solutions Podcast, where every other week we sit down with experts and thought leaders across industries in order to explore the innate connection between humans and nature and why we need nature to thrive. We truly believe that in order to tackle the global environmental problems we're facing, we as humans must reconnect to the natural world and come to a better understanding of how we fit in and how we are so interconnected. So in every episode, we'll interview new guests that help us uncover and highlight nature-based solutions to get us on a path to greater health, tackling climate change, and ultimately getting outside and connecting with nature. So let's get to today's episode. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, Monica. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you guys are having a great summer. You know, we're having longer days. The heat is upon us here in Atlanta. I don't know, Jennifer, how it's mid-June, but everyone is out traveling. Kids are out of school. Jennifer's back in her tent in Ocean Grove, and we are juggling our schedules and our guest schedules. So Jennifer and I decided to do an episode on some of the books we're reading this summer instead of having a traditional guest, because we are always reading books, but we thought we would maybe share them with you guys. I know. I'm so glad we're doing this. It's a biophilic summer reading extravaganza, which I'm loving. Yes. And so whether you've read these books or planning to read them or just interested in the ideas we explore on biophilic solutions, we think you'll enjoy this little bit shorter episode of our summer reads. Kind of beachy, very important topics, books that you can still get wet poolside, right, Jen? (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So Monica, why don't you start us off with a book that you've read recently? One of the books that I've been reading is Don't Even Think About It, Why Our Brains Are Wired to Ignore Climate Change by George Marshall. Do not let the title fool you. It is a really great book. It's broken up into sort of bite-sized chunks, so you could kind of skip around. But what I really love about it is it not only gives sort of a history of sort of how we talk and why we talk about climate change. He provides sort of some solutions, but it's one thing to note about this book is that it was written in 2014. So you have to sort of think about that in context. He didn't have obviously the pandemic and sort of how we've dealt with that or really thinking about some of the changes where climate is fully accepted at this point, I believe. I mean, there's probably some outliers, but he really brings a lot of psychology of what are the mechanisms of why we don't want to talk about climate change. And a huge part of it has to do with our brains wiring threats that they're, you know, we're much more wired for a threat that's in front of us versus way far in the future. I think another thing is we've had so much sort of alternative facts, if you will, or, you know, basically people denouncing climate change. So how do our brains deal with that? This sort of cognitive dissidence of, I want to believe what I want to believe. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to look for things that sort of justify my thinking rather than actually going out and engaging with new information and maybe changing the way you think. How did you hear about this book, by the way, Monica? Did you, someone bring this up to you or how did you find it? When Clubhouse was so big, like you Mm -hmm. got me into Clubhouse, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, a group came together and we created a climate book club. So there's a climate book club on Clubhouse. I'm sure there's a ton of them, but we've been doing this book. It's sort of a global group and we get together on Saturdays. We're taking a little bit of a break this summer, but this is the latest book we've been reading is don't even think about it. And Marshall is great. In fact, we're trying to get him on the podcast. So if anybody has a connection with him, let us know. But he has great engaging stories, draws on research. And as a marketer, the way that we use words and communicate are so important. And I think that that's 
what we need is a narrative and a storytelling in order mm-hmm. to get mass action and sort of mutual cooperation. So I highly recommend it. It's actually quite a quick and easy read. I'm going to have to dive into that myself. I have a few chapters left. But uh, Don't Even Think About It by George Marshall. That's my first pick. What about you, Jen? My first pick is The the Electricity of Every Living Thing by Catherine May. First of all, Catherine May is such a beautiful writer. I read her book, Wintering, and it's mm-hmm. she has this way about her words that you just feel like you're with her. And she's just like a poet, even though she doesn't say she's a poet. But this story is about a walk that she took, kind of like a self-discovery. So in 2015, she walked 630 miles in her home of England. Wow. And like what she was kind of discovering along the walk of, you know, setting out every day to the landscape and the discovery of self, really, where your mind kind of goes numb in a way where you're just like all of a sudden absorbing the surroundings. And what do you discover in those moments of almost like surrender to your surroundings? Like, okay, I'm doing this walk. I've dedicated myself to doing it because I want to discover myself through these steps. And she's just a beautiful, beautiful writer. I just love everything about her. But again, the idea of the electricity of every living thing that we are connected, we Mm -hmm. are all connected and we're all electrical beings with this electrical planet. We often forget because, and here we are, you know, doing this on our devices. (laughs) So besides that, you know, the plants, the trees, we are all receiving information from the Mm -hmm. things around us. And we often overlook that, but her words are so beautifully written in how we are in self-discovery mode. She also like talked about how hard it was and how she felt like she's, you know, being beaten up. Hmm. I I don't think I can do this any further. I I don't want to, but yes, I do. I I want to find the beauty of the day and I want to find the beauty that's around us. And we often overlook because we're so in our busy, busy brains Mm -hmm. uh, and busy lives that we never give ourselves permission to just be. So I loved it. I loved it. I love everything she writes. I'm always, I jump right into whatever she writes. Okay, what's your next one? Well, so it's kind of funny. The next one that I think, you know, you also are a big fan of is Stolen Focus, Ooh. Why We Can't Pay oh, Attention it. by Johan Hari. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of makes sense after that book review. And so yes. this was came out earlier this year in mm-hmm. first quarter of 2022. And I actually heard it on a podcast. I think it was on Vox and it was an interview with him. And he is New York Times bestselling writer. He's written a ton of books. And the whole idea is it's this disruption of our mind wandering. And obviously technology has a huge thing to do with it. And so he dives into technology, the rise of it and how it manipulates our brains as well Mm -hmm. as it's about switching, right? All the switching costs and... Yes, that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. When you say, when didn't he say it takes us every time we're pinged? So we have all of our devices and everything's mm-hmm. pinging us all the time. So every time that ping, it takes us, what do you say, 20 or 23 minutes to get back? Like our brain gets back into the focus of what we were actually doing. One of the studies that he cites, I believe, says something about, you know, when people are doing that switching, right, this multitasking mm-hmm. that we're so proud of, that we got yes. all these things done, we're doing 17 things at once, and I've got 100 tabs open, and I'm talking so fast, you know. <laughs> yeah, the cognitive and I don't know it was IQ points, but it sort of drops by either 10 IQ points or 10%. Mm-hmm. And they were yes. sort of equating it to smoking a joint. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't that incredible? Slowing down your cognition by the switching. And so it's a little bit of the sort of technology story that we've heard a lot in the news about how we're becoming less focused. But what I thought was also interesting is that it also affects our creativity because we don't, to the previous authors or really Mm -hmm. even all of your work, 
slow down and sort of be because we're always connected to these devices. And so most breakthroughs with scientists, inventors, and artists come from those quiet in-between times when you have time for your brain to start making connections again. I don't know about you, but it's harder and harder for me, and this is making it sound like I'm about to say it's an excuse, to find that time. But it's my own fault, right? No, because we're so used to it. That's mm -hmm. what we've been programmed. The world around us programs us to believe that we should be busy. That mm -hmm. means we're successful and mm -hmm. that we're, we're achieving something. And I love that he said, like, because I talk about this book a lot to a lot of people, and they almost get upset when I say our brains were not meant to do the multitasking. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I talk about this book to people, they're like, but I'm, I'm good at it. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, well, that's great and all, but you can only do one thing at a time. You're not doing all the things well. Right? Yeah. So I remember in the book, he says, like, you might be doing a million things, but you're not doing them all well because your brain cannot handle doing them all well. It's not, it's not meant to do that. Yeah. And I love the mind wandering. And mm. I can't remember where there was another quote on it was from his book, but about being bored, that mm. kids aren't bored, that we're yes. not bored, that there's no time to be bored, right? You know, even standing in line somewhere, you're on your phone. Yeah. People are walking down the street and they're on their phone or they've got either earbuds in and they're constantly listening to something. I mean, I know, you know, when I'm out and about like, a podcast is sort of my thing versus yep. just sitting and listening to the birds and the crunch of my feet on the trails. And I think that these individuals who created all this technology, you have a lot of them writing books and sort of lamenting what they've quote created. And he talks about it as the collective downgrading of humans and the upgrading mm -hmm. of machines that has far reaching effects on society. He says, because not only are we less focused, we're less rational, less compassionate, and we have a negativity bias that causes mm -hmm. the social media, right, to push negativity and extremism. So we've seen that with Facebook. But obviously, yes. there's, you know, tons of other platforms that do the same thing, but it just disrupts us. We'll be right back after a quick break. Jennifer, guess what's coming up and where we get to hang out? What's that, Monica? <laughs> the Biophilic Leadership Summit. It's back this March 24th through 26th. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see you in person again. It's been way too long. I know, me too. And we invite all our listeners to come to this year's summit. We're going to be exploring biophilic placemaking and how we use biophilic principles to promote health, happiness, and vitality in public spaces. Yes, and I was just reading over the schedule, which I'm very excited about. There are so many great speakers and panels. And when you get to join us, I'll be doing a nature walk and moderating a wonderful panel on activating community spaces with two incredible women, an architect and an urban planner. So this summit is put on by the Biophilic Institute and Biophilic Cities Project. So you can also come meet all of the leading experts in biophilia. And in addition to all incredible multiple presentations... We're going to have all sorts of great farm-to-table meals, plus cocktails, some book signings, and lots of networking, which is always a favorite. And it's going to be at your and my favorite place, the Inn at Serenby. Yep, that's one of my favorite places, as you know. So join us in Serenby for the 6th Annual Biophilic Leadership Summit from March 24th to March 26th, 2024. And you can learn more about the summit and register today at biophilicsummit.com. That's biophilicsummit.com. We hope to see you there. We'll see you soon. Bye, Jen. Bye. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the, you know, that's what I think the learnings that we get to do on this podcast and we get to hear from people that are saying like where we are in terms of we have to have that balance. And we've learned that the more technology we have, the more nature we need that our friend Richard Lube always talks about. Mm-hmm. So I, I always have that. Richard Lube in the back of my head of like, okay, what am I doing to counterbalance all this connectivity to devices? Mm-hmm. And I try and separate myself. And it's, it's, a, it's a practice. It's really hard in today's world mm-hmm. to say, okay, I need to step away. Not that we don't encourage like audiobooks or Kindle, but I have been trying to read more any book or the newspaper because yes. it keeps me focused, right? I'm not on a device, to your point, I'm not getting pinged. And he even says, Johan, that that is helping him focus by, I think he t- in the book, he, he reads War and Peace and he talks about how like he gets, yeah. you know, it was so hard to get through, but then finally he's like, oh, I've gotten my focus back. But the other thing, Jennifer, is that he talks about really highlights aerobic exercise, right? Walking, getting out, mm-hmm. and that expands the growth of the brain connections of the frontal cortex and then also mm-hmm. the brain chemicals. And so this exercise helps the brain grow. And he kind of talks about that's a way to hack <laughs> our focus is getting out and exercising, which I also yeah. love. So for me, where stolen focus isn't maybe what we would think of as a traditional biophilic book. Mm-hmm. I think what he's saying is we have to get out of technology. There's tons of benefits for it, but really try and refocus. And when we can refocus, there's creativity. It sort of yeah. helps us make connections. And I think we need to do that again for the future. He goes out on a walk for an hour daily without his phone. And didn't he go off grid for like three months? Wasn't that the yes. premise of the book? Is like he went like completely off grid, like fully no internet, like no email, and people were trying to reach him and he, he had no access to anything. So I uh, will link not only to these books, but th- the conversation that this is how I found him. He was on, I think it was Vox Conversations is earlier this year. I feel mm-hmm. like he might've been on Rich Roll too, but that's where I heard him was on Rich Roll mm-hmm. because you told me about him mm-hmm. and you sent me the link. I was like, oh my gosh. And then it, I found the Rich Roll and it was fascinating. It is fascinating. A phenomenal conversation. So I highly mm-hmm. recommend listening to that and getting the book and sort of diving in further. So that is our third book. So what else do we have here, Jen? I I just discovered Golden. It just came out. It's The Power of Silence and a World of Noise. So there we go back to Johan Hari. Justin Zorn and Leah Mars wrote this. And it's really about finding silence Mm -hmm. and what silence really gives to us in a very, and again, in this noisy world. And I try and make this a practice for myself every day. I think the pandemic helped me find this practice because now I can look back and see my life before the pandemic and how you know, busy I was. But during the pandemic, it gave me this space of silence and quiet. I, I've highlighted like half this book because it's so good. But I didn't realize one of the predominant leaders in the space of like, Silence for Health and Well-Being is Florence Nightingale. I didn't know she was one of the very first people to say we need silence for for health. There's one part in the book that she says, like, they relaxed. In fact, they relaxed so much more profoundly during the silence passes and during even the slowest, most soothing pieces of music. There's just so many really interesting parts. There's another way. I need to read this other quote because it's really, yeah, do. I love this. Gandhi wrote this. Oh, the Divine Radio is always singing if we could only make ourselves ready to listen to it. But it's impossible to listen without silence. It's incredible. From Gandhi. We already intuitively know 
right. what we need. Mm-hmm. But all these books that we have that we're talking about, even like the electricity of everything, it's that we have to step outside of ourselves and our, what the norm of society is putting on top of us like, oh, you should be doing this. You should be succeeding. You should be like all the things, like the trappings, if you will, mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. where we can go back to thousands of years ago where we learned so much more from the silence and the quiet and the great poets and thinkers are the ones that are outside and they're the ones finding and seeking stillness, mm-hmm. usually in the woods or mm-hmm. trying to seek stillness from the noise. I just love this book. And again, it just came out this summer. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's called Golden, The Power of Silence and a World of Noise. All right. So, so we're going to get maybe that maybe we need to get them on the uh, podcast. Yeah, I think so. We'll, have to, we'll work on that. Yeah, everybody talks about summer beach reads and these sort of mm-hmm. fluffy, silly things, which I think are so fun and so great. And trust me, I'm going to be looking for some as I head out on vacation soon. But another one that I really like that is from 2020 that I know, Jennifer, mm-hmm. you're very aware of. I mean, a lot of people are aware of is called All We Can Save. And it's called Truth, Courage and Solutions for the Climate Crisis. It's tons of essays from women who are really leading the climate movement, who mm-hmm. are working to really find solutions and illuminate the whys, mm-hmm. if you will. It was edited by two women, Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson and Catherine K. Wilkinson, who look them up. They're amazing. Catherine is sort of a friend here in Atlanta. She had done a lot of work on Paul Hawkins with Drawdown and Ayana. They both actually have separate podcasts, which we can link to. There are a lot of really good, deep conversations. But this is a great, if you will, sort of summer read, because again, and maybe tied to stolen focus, you don't have to read the whole book. You can read, <laughs> you can pick it up and read the essay. Yes. You can skip around. Um, what I like is that they sort of group things into different sort of buckets, like nourish is a section mm-hmm. that has six or seven essays, rise, persist, feel, reshape, reframe, advocate, etc. Oh. And the fun thing is, you know, when you go through here, a lot of these women, uh, a lot of them, but some of them we've had on the podcast, like Jackie Patterson has an amazing mm-hmm. one in, at the intersections is her essay, which is phenomenal, that talks about sort of her exposure to racism, whether that is overt or subtle mm-hmm. or systematic all throughout her life. And that was a little bit about, you know, what we talked about. She works for the NAACP right now. Another mm-hmm. wonderful writer is Marianise Hegler. It's called Home is Always Worth It on a different podcast. I had interviewed her and she is phenomenal. But just like Amy Westervelt is in here, Alice Walker, Mary Oliver. If these names yeah. don't mean anything to you, it's okay. But they're just yeah. some of the really most thoughtful women doing work in the climate space. Another one I love, which is Emily Atkin. She left journalism, gosh, maybe pre-COVID-ish and has an incredible newsletter called Heated that's been on my bookshelf. And I pick it up here and there as I'm looking. It has beautiful poems in it. Isn't it great to find books that you kind of keep going back to because they inspire you? And yeah. that's why I like books. Nothing against audio or nothing against, you know, Kindles or whatever. But I love the book, mm-hmm. the hard copy, so I can highlight. And yeah. I get, you know, I get excited <laughs> to go back to my, my bookshelf and be like, oh my gosh, I need to look at the book again and just look through my highlights because then I get excited and inspired again. Well, and isn't it, I mean, it's funny, right? It's like a wine label. I recognize the colors and yes. the fonts yes. and, the, and sometimes yep. standing at the bookshelf or that's how I'm going to recommend it to somebody or go find the book again, which 
with mm-hmm. Kindles, I'm like, I don't even half time remember what the title or the book is. And I know you can highlight yeah. on Kindle, but I do. I love just paper and pen. Yeah. And then again, you know, I just think just turning the pages, there's something about it and te- you know, that tactile. Tactile, exactly. But all we can save is really wonderful. And it's kind of got something for everybody in there. And just an incredible list of contributors and poets. So that's another one that I just love that. highly recommend. There's so many great books out there, but I have a bonus one, Jennifer. You do? Yeah. You're familiar with it. It's called Walk Your Way Calm. <laughs> so as oh, I, I was, wonder who wrote that. I know, I know. Um, this is a book that uh, Jennifer wrote with the editors of prevention. Um, and it is 101, 101 purposeful walks and writing prompts, a guided journal for uncluttering your mind with every step. And it's interesting as we were talking about doing this episode and I was looking at my nightstand, this was on there. And I was like, well, we have oh, to talk thank about you. this. No, it really is, you know, just again, talking about tactile, this is, it's mm-hmm. a book, it's a journal. It gives you truly 101 walks. And so yes, it doesn't matter where you are, where you live, there's a way Mm -hmm. for you to walk, whether you're walking at sunset, you're walking at a zoo, like you have Mm -hmm. a community walk, a stair walk, a bridge walk. I think there's a mall walk in here, which I thought was really funny. There's a stroller walk. There's like, I mean, again, there's an awe walk, right? There is an awe walk. There's a scent walk. So yeah, I wanted people to just be able to Again, this is a mindful kind of mindful meditative. Some of them are. So I want people to get out of their own heads and just be like, oh, I want to go discover by yourself Mm -hmm. with your children, with your family. Maybe you're like walking with seniors that are in wheelchairs or Mm -hmm. I get to walk with my twin sister that's in a wheelchair. Like there's so many special moments that so many people think when they're walking, they have to like burn a certain amount of calories or they have to really sweat or it's Mm -hmm. just everyone's mindset is always like going fast, going hard. But this book is more about slowing down and finding the beauty of the moments around you. And I, you know, being in Serenby, I got inspired by so much that I experienced at Serenby. And that's why I got to kind of talk about a lot of them in the book, because I think about your meadow and just like the Mm -hmm. awe of that meadow at Serenby, like walking to the farmhouse at dusk, I just is like beautiful. It's just beautiful. And there are so many walks that kind of open your mind to possibility and opportunity and creativity and just love and gratitude, which is what I seek every day is I've got to find or seek that beauty in the moments. And the more I do it, the more I experience it. And I like this book too, because it kind of brings it all together, how to do it, right? The different ways, because obviously you have like snow walks mm-hmm. and stuff and the benefits of it. But, but here, I just flipped up in the page and I just, it's because it's summer and you're at the beach and I'm going to go to the beach. Yes. There's a beach walk. And I just thought this mm-hmm. was fun. You were like, even noting like your legs use different muscles to propel us through the sand versus the pavement. But if it's wintertime, leave your shoes on. If it's summertime, take your shoes off. I bet when I say take your shoes off and walk on the beach, for those of you who have walked in sand or on the beach, you know, you, you probably have a visceral something in your head, but I like Mm -hmm. how you note, like as the sand shifts beneath you, your feet will move in ways that they usually don't be mindful of the sensation beneath your soles. Start walking at your own pace. Take a deep breath, inhale, exhale. As my yoga teacher says, know that you're inhaling know that you're exhaling. Mm -hmm. Continue in walking as long as you like. Pick up some rocks, shells, or other natural elements that have washed up on the shore. If you want more of a workout, walk on the softest sand you can find and let your feet really sink in and the muscle power is being used with each thing. Now, 
So you sort of have a setup and you give them like, oh, this is going to take, you know, maybe do 10 or 15 minutes. And then you have prompts, which I think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like you could take your book with you and then write, yeah. you know, how did it feel with the toes in the sand? You know, what did you smell? Yeah. Could you taste the salt? Yes. How did it make you yes. feel? Did it bring back any memories, which is kind of cool? Like we went to the beach to visit my grandmother all the time and that just brings back uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and Fritos and like Fresca <laughs> and great from the cooler on the beach. What's cool about this is not only that it's really pushing walking, which we know all the benefits of, but it, the prompts, I really like the prompts because that's again, back to everything we talked about, focus, the silence, mm-hmm. the moment, the be the biophilic that connection to all living things around us and our affinity for those living things around us. When we're walking in nature, we get to kind of just be. And then the smelling of that salt air, like you're saying, like me being at the beach in the summer, is just so delicious. You know? Know. It is that, that sense of like how our body moves differently mm-hmm. on the sand that we, again, like if we're like, oh, I've got to go do this walk. But, or, hey, I get to do this walk and it feels so good in my body to just have the ocean on my feet. And yeah, prevention, the teen at prevention was wonderful to work with on this. And they did such a beautiful job mm-hmm. with the colors and the illustrations and the prompts. You're right, the prompts were really fun. So they made it really fun, interactive mm-hmm. journal. And it's, it's fun to see people and how they're using it and what walks they enjoy the most so far. So yeah, thank you for bringing it up. Oh, of course. Well, I just think people should know. And it's such a wonderful thing to think about as we I like to think are slowing down a little bit in the summer, or at least it lets us shift our mindset from Mm -hmm. maybe more of the go, go, go. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to shift my mindset and be more focused on doing those things that sort of slow me down. And I guess the bigger thing is just getting out there and finding a book that you want to read, slowing down Mm -hmm. and taking some time for yourself. I would love to hear from everybody on, you know, what books you guys are reading. What do you recommend? It doesn't have to be biophilic. It could be anything. Cause you know, I think I would love just a good true quote unquote beach read that you just sort of disappear into. But I'm hoping that each of the books that we chose, I think are hopeful and provide optimism and solutions. So they're not going to add to your climate anxiety. It's really about connecting with nature and people. What else, Jen? Is there anything else that we want to share? I definitely want to know what people are reading, but I also love seeing pictures like on social platforms mm-hmm. when people are with a book on the beach or mm-hmm. in a hammock or on the mat. Like I always love people saying, oh, I can't wait to dive into this book. Oh, great. I usually screen grab it. Like whatever people are reading, so I'm always so curious. But I love seeing people reading outside. Yeah, send us your photos. Yeah, yeah I I'm always, I just think it's great because again, that's connectivity to being outdoors and being mindful about what they're reading. Yeah. So send us your photos of what you're reading. Tag us in your posts with your book. I think that's super exciting. And you know, the other thing is find your local bookstore. Like I know all of us use Amazon. Like it's like the beast that we can't avoid, but I have tried really hard. We have an amazing local bookstore here at Serenby called Hills and Hamlets, but you can go to bookshop.org and find your Mm -hmm. local bookstore and they will, I believe, donate proceeds back when you sort of select your local bookstore. And I think you can do audio and hard copies via 
bookshop. Yeah. I love local book. I mean, just for one second, going back yeah. to like, you know how much I like whenever I travel uh-huh. anywhere, any town. The first stop is usually yes. the bookshop, like the local bookstore, just because I like talking to the owners and finding out what their mm-hmm. best favorite reads are, depending on the region. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I do love a bookstore. Well, you guys, thank okay. you for listening and yes. we hope you enjoyed the books. Let us know what you're reading. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another amazing guest. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, it's all about summer. Enjoy reading. your summers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoy the yep. summertime and those extended days of sunshine and friends and family and time outside and soak it all up. And yeah, definitely tag us and tell us what books you're reading. We'd love to hear more. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye, Jen. See you, Monica. Thanks so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love for you to follow us on your favorite podcast app. Give us a five-star rating and please leave us a review. It really goes such a long way towards helping us reach a wider audience and sharing these amazing interviews and solutions with the world. Absolutely. So thanks so much for following and reviewing the podcast. And we'll be back with another amazing interview in two weeks. You're now a part of the biophilic movement.